the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The Pilgrims, the Puritans, the Founding Fathers, and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we cannot know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of the Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. All right, here we are, thanking you for joining us as we do each and every evening at this time. We are making our way through the book of Isaiah, the first of the books of the prophets. He ministered for 60 years, that's right, from 740 to 681 B.C., through the reigns of many a king, both of Judah in the south, where he focused his ministry in Israel in the north, until a key date in the Old Testament that you want to remember is 722 B.C. That's when the ten northern tribes were taken into exile by the Assyrians in the north out of Nineveh. Isaiah lived through that period. This was a very difficult period of life for him. They came out of a very stable period of time. There was a king, Uzziah, that reigned for 50 years. Though he was not particularly an outstanding king or leader, he did bring stability, consistency to the nation. And when he died, Isaiah began his public ministry. He walked through 60 very chaotic years. I feel very much akin to him because as we grew up, it was a very different America 40 or 50 years ago. America has changed drastically, moved away from being a nation of faith and respect toward God and his word to become the nation that it is today, rife with wickedness at all levels and of all different kinds. Uh, we'll get to the book of Isaiah. We're going to pick up in chapter 26 tonight, and I'll give you an introduction to that. But tonight we're going to read Psalm 106. This now jumps forward, coming back from Babylon's captivity. God patiently delivers us in spite of our forgetfulness and our self-willed rebellion against him. This is a psalm of national repentance. As we listen tonight, think about our own country and our own lives, how often we forget all the really great, wonderful things that God has done for us. We're not grateful, and we're not obedient and honoring toward him. Let's go to our wisdom and worship segment tonight in the Psalms. Psalm 106, 1-12. Praise the Lord! Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? 
Who can ever praise him half enough? Happy are those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. Remember me too, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to me with your salvation. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miracles. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to divide and a dry path appeared. He led Israel across the sea bottom that was as dry as a desert. So he rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water returned and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Then at last his people believed his promises. Then they finally sang his praise. End of reading Psalm 106, 1 through 12. Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. That's right. Even in our darkest night, in our darkest moments. Our most difficult situations, personally, family level, and as a community, as a nation, God is always there. He's waiting for us to come to Him in brokenness and repentance and humility. He is waiting and eager to save. That's the message we're getting from the book of Isaiah. All of these warnings that Isaiah gives, not only to Judah and Israel in the north, but also to the conquering nations, these great powers, but also to the other nations. It would be like today a great preacher speaking to Canada, to Mexico, and to all of these United States, standing in the name of the Lord and declaring that God is faithful to judge the nations. But there's always that moment when we can come to him in repentance and brokenness and receive his mercy, cleansing and his restoration. Now, it may be too late. There are moments when it's too late, but this comes down to the remnant. As we see in the passage tonight, there's always a remnant that remains faithful to worship the true and living God and to serve him. Let's go now to Isaiah, picking up in chapter 26, a song of praise to the Lord on the Bible Live. Isaiah 26, 1 through 30, 18. Isaiah 26. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is now strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings the arrogant city to the dust. Its walls come crashing down. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot. 
But for those who are righteous, the path is not steep and rough. You are a God of justice, and you smooth out the road ahead of them. Lord, we love to obey your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. All night long I search for you. Earnestly I seek for God. For only when you come to judge the earth will people turn from wickedness and do what is right. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. They keep doing wrong and take no notice of the Lord's majesty. O Lord, they do not listen when you threaten. They do not see your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Perhaps then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. Lord, you will grant us peace, for all we have accomplished is really from you. O Lord, our God, others have ruled us, but we worship you alone. Those we served before are dead and gone. Never again will they return. You attacked them and destroyed them, and they are long forgotten. We praise you, Lord. You have made our nation great. You have extended our borders. Lord, in distress we searched for you. We were bowed beneath the burden of your discipline. We were like a woman about to give birth, writhing and crying out in pain. When we are in your presence, Lord, we too writhe in agony, but nothing comes of our suffering. We have done nothing to rescue the world. No one has been born to populate the earth. Yet we have this assurance. Those who belong to God will live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For God's light of life will fall like dew on his people in the place of the dead. Go home, my people, and lock your doors. Hide until the Lord's anger against your enemies has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide those who have been murdered. They will be brought out for all to see. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 27. In that day the Lord will take his terrible swift sword and punish Leviathan, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling, writhing serpent, the dragon of the sea. In that day we will sing of the pleasant vineyard. I, the Lord, will watch over it and tend its fruitful vines. Each day I will water them. Day and night I will watch to keep enemies away. My anger against Israel will be gone. If I find briars and thorns bothering her, I will burn them up. These enemies will be spared only if they surrender and beg for peace and protection. The time is coming when my people will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill the whole earth with her fruit. Has the Lord punished Israel in the same way he has punished her enemies? No, for he devastated her enemies. But he has punished Israel only a little. He has exiled her from her land as though blown away in a storm from the east. The Lord did this to purge away Israel's sin. When he has finished, all the pagan altars will be crushed to dust. There won't be an Asherah pole or incense altar left standing. Israel's fortified cities will be silent and empty. The houses abandoned, the streets covered with grass. Cattle will graze there, chewing on twigs and branches. The people are like the dead branches of a tree, broken off and used for kindling beneath the cooking pots. Israel is a foolish and stupid nation, for its people have turned away from God. Therefore, the one who made them will show them no pity or mercy. Yet the time will come when the Lord will gather them together one by one like hand-picked grain. 
He will bring them to his great threshing floor, from the Euphrates River in the east to the brook of Egypt in the west. In that day the great trumpet will sound. Many who were dying in exile in Assyria and Egypt will return to Jerusalem to worship the Lord on his holy mountain. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 28 Destruction is certain for the city of Samaria, the pride and joy of the drunkards of Israel. It sits in a rich valley, but its glorious beauty will suddenly disappear. Destruction is certain for that city, the pride of a people brought low by wine. For the Lord will send the mighty Assyrian army against it. Like a mighty hailstorm and a torrential rain, they will burst upon it and dash it to the ground. The proud city of Samaria, the pride and joy of the drunkards of Israel, will be trampled beneath its enemies' feet. It sits in a fertile valley, but its glorious beauty will suddenly disappear. It will be greedily snatched up as an early fig is hungrily picked and eaten. Then at last the Lord Almighty will himself be Israel's crowning glory. He will be the pride and joy of the remnant of his people. He will give a longing for justice to their judges. He will give great courage to their warriors who stand at the gate. Now, however, Israel is being led by drunks. The priests and prophets reel and stagger from beer and wine. They make stupid mistakes as they carry out their responsibilities. Their tables are covered with vomit. Filth is everywhere. They say, who does the Lord think we are? Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children barely old enough to talk? He tells us everything over and over again, a line at a time, in very simple words. Since they refuse to listen, God will speak to them through foreign oppressors who speak an unknown language. God's people could have rest in their own land if they would only obey Him, but they will not listen. So the Lord will spell out His message for them again, repeating it over and over, a line at a time, in very simple words. Yet they will stumble over this simple, straightforward message. They will be injured, trapped, and captured. Therefore listen to this message from the Lord, you scoffing rulers in Jerusalem. You boast that you have struck a bargain to avoid death and have made a deal to dodge the grave. You say, the Assyrians can never touch us, for we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. It is firm, a tested and precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never run away again. I will take the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness to check the foundation wall you have built. Your refuge looks strong, but since it is made of lies, a hailstorm will knock it down. Since it is made of deception, the enemy will come like a flood to sweep it away. I will cancel the bargain you made to avoid death, and I will overturn your deal to dodge the grave. When the terrible enemy floods in, you will be trampled into the ground. Again and again that flood will come, morning after morning, day and night, until you are carried away. This message will bring terror to your people, for you have no place of refuge. The bed you have made is too short to lie on. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. The Lord will come suddenly and in anger, as he did against the Philistines at Mount Perizim and against the Amorites at Gibeon. He will come to do a strange, unusual thing. He will destroy his own people.
so scoff no more, or your punishment will be even greater. For the Lord, the Lord Almighty, has plainly told me that he is determined to crush you. Listen to me. Listen as I plead. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting it? Does he not finally plant his seeds for dill, cumin, wheat, barley, and spelt, each in its own section of his land? The farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him understanding. He doesn't thresh all his crops the same way. A heavy sledge is never used on dill, rather it is beaten with a light stick. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin. Instead, it is beaten softly with a flail. Bread grain is easily crushed, so he doesn't keep on pounding it. He threshes it under the wheels of a cart, but he doesn't pulverize it. The Lord Almighty is a wonderful teacher, and he gives the farmer great wisdom. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 29 Destruction is certain for Ariel, the city of David. Year after year you offer your many sacrifices, yet I will bring disaster upon you, and there will be much weeping and sorrow. For Jerusalem will become as her name Ariel means, an altar covered with blood. I will be your enemy surrounding Jerusalem and attacking its walls. I will build siege towers around it and will destroy it. Your voice will whisper like a ghost from the earth where you will lie buried. But suddenly your ruthless enemies will be driven away like chaff before the wind. In an instant, I, the Lord Almighty, will come against them with thunder and earthquake and great noise, with whirlwind and storm and consuming fire. All the nations fighting against Jerusalem will vanish like a dream. Those who are attacking her walls will vanish like a vision in the night. A hungry person dreams of eating but is still hungry. A thirsty person dreams of drinking but is still faint from thirst when morning comes. In the same way, your enemies will dream of a victorious conquest over Jerusalem, but all to no avail. Are you amazed and incredulous? Do you not believe it? Then go ahead and be blind if you must. You are stupid, but not from wine. You stagger, but not from beer. For the Lord has poured out on you a spirit of deep sleep. He has closed the eyes of your prophets and visionaries. All these future events are a sealed book to them. When you give it to those who can read, they will say, We can't read it because it is sealed. When you give it to those who cannot read, they will say, Sorry, we don't know how to read. And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away. And their worship of me amounts to nothing more than human laws learned by rote. Because of this, I will do wonders among these hypocrites. I will show that human wisdom is foolish and even the most brilliant people lack understanding. Destruction is certain for those who try to hide their plans from the Lord, who try to keep Him in the dark concerning what they do. The Lord can't see us, you say to yourselves. He doesn't know what is going on. How stupid can you be? He is the potter, and He is certainly greater than you. You are only the jars He makes. Should the thing that was created say to the one who made it, He didn't make us? Does a jar ever say, The potter who made me is stupid? Soon, and it will not be very long, the wilderness of Lebanon will be a fertile field once again, and the fertile fields will become a lush and fertile forest. In that day, deaf people will hear words read from a book, and blind people will see through the gloom and darkness. 
The humble will be filled with fresh joy from the Lord. Those who are poor will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Those who intimidate and harass will be gone, and all those who plot evil will be killed. Those who make the innocent guilty by their false testimony will disappear, and those who use trickery to pervert justice and tell lies to tear down the innocent will be no more. That is why the Lord who redeemed Abraham says to the people of Israel, My people will no longer pale with fear or be ashamed. For when they see their many children and material blessings, they will recognize the holiness of the Holy One of Israel. They will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those in error will then believe the truth, and those who constantly complain will accept instruction. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Isaiah 30 Destruction is certain for my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to my will. You weave a web of plans that are not from my spirit, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt to find help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh for his protection. But in trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated and disgraced. For though his power extends to Zoan and Hanis, it will all turn out to your shame. He will not help you even one little bit. Look at the animals moving slowly across the terrible desert of Egypt, donkeys and camels loaded with treasure to pay for Egypt's aid. On through the wilderness they go, where lions and poisonous snakes live. All this, and Egypt will give you nothing in return. Egypt's promises are worthless. I call her the harmless dragon. Now go and write down these words concerning Egypt. They will then stand until the end of time as a witness to Israel's unbelief. For these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay any attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the prophets, Shut up! We don't want any more of your reports. They say, Don't tell us the truth. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. We have heard more than enough about your Holy One of Israel. We are tired of listening to what He has to say. This is the reply of the Holy One of Israel. Because you despise what I tell you and trust instead in oppression and lies, calamity will come upon you suddenly. It will be like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered so completely that there won't be a piece left that is big enough to carry coals from a fireplace or a little water from the well. The Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, only in returning to me and waiting for me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a distant mountaintop. But the Lord still waits for you to come to Him so He can show you His love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for Him to help them. End of reading Isaiah 26, 1 through 30, 18. Sing your praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord. I could never tell you. Such a rich passage that we read tonight. Wow, I'm still taking notes actually from this last chapter, chapter 30 of Isaiah. 
talking about Judah's worthless treaty with Egypt. As I said, these were very difficult times that Isaiah lived in. Aram had fallen, Egypt had fallen, Samaria had fallen, all to the great power of Nineveh to the north. Then becomes the threat from Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon from further east. In the midst of this, you find Judah and the tribe of Benjamin in the south trying to make both commercial and military alliances with other nations around them to escape being taken over by these superpowers that swirled above them. It is just so very much like the times in which we live, with the rising power of China, with the rising Islamic nations and influence around the world, with Europe not knowing what they're going to do with bankruptcy in Greece, Spain, and perhaps other southern European nations, and then the powerhouse Germany. And there is a message for us, even as there was a message for the people of God in the times of Isaiah. So now we see one beautiful passage. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. Anyone who thinks all we got to do is just say we love Jesus and walk down an aisle or say a prayer, that's it, we're done. God's salvation is not fire insurance. It's not for people who just want to be in the comfortable place instead of the hot place. It's for people who love God, whose heart's desire is to glorify his name. We show our trust in God by desiring and by obeying his laws. That's an important principle. There's a principle of eternal life, of resurrection. Bodily life after death is spoken of in chapter 26. That day, spoken of in 27, was the end of the godless evil world as we know it, when God will judge the world. Now, the word Leviathan, there in chapter 27, that comes from ancient Aramean literature. It was a seven-headed beast, a monster, the enemy of God's created order. So Isaiah here is using that symbolism, that imagery, to talk about God's destruction, God's slaughter of the wicked. It is a certainty. There will be no place to hide when God brings judgment on sin and wickedness. If only America today and we as God's people today would hear God's voice of warning calling us to repentance and brokenness. Did you catch that attitude of scoffing and mocking at God and arrogance, the pride in this last chapter that we read tonight, in this warning for rebellious Judah, where they said, forget all this gloom talk, you Christians, you believers Why are you talking to us about God? Get off the narrow path. You know, you're so restrictive and repressed. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. It resonates now because we hear much of that coming from our popular culture here, even in our country. But it's very, very clear that God will bring judgment, and that judgment will be based upon the Messiah, based upon the salvation that God offers. Only when we return to me, he says, will you be saved. Are we listening? The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. 
start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 